Huh, let me get this out real quick. I'm not going to preach from notes. I just have two scriptures I wanted to share. First Corinthians, the 11th chapter, beginning at verse 23. Just play a little bit for me like that. I promise I won't be long. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. So listen to the Apostle Paul giving an expository explanation of the Lord's Supper. Now, he was not there in the flesh. So you have to understand that Paul received this from the Lord by revelation. Somebody say by revelation. In another place in the scripture, he talked about how, and he wouldn't even name his name, his own name, because he was humble enough not to do it, but being caught up into the third heaven where he saw things that were unlawful to be expressed in the earth realm. Imagine going into a dimension in God where you can't even articulate or bring back into the earth the things that you see. So this is the caliber of his scope or purview of revelation. So he's saying to them, I received from the Lord. The Lord Jesus came to me and told me what happened at the Last Supper is what he's saying. He said, and then I gave it to you. So he's establishing an apostolic precedent that apostles are first and foremost conduits of revelation. Y'all sound real dry today. Maybe I'm dry. Somebody, you, I'll get wet, you get wet. Come on. Conduits of revelation. Somebody say revelation. That means that if you are an apostle, you have to have an ability to see something that everybody cannot see. And then Paul said that he took that revelation from what he received of the Lord and he gave it unto them. Somebody say amen. That means apostles have to have the ability to make you see the unseen. They see a revelation from the Lord and then they have to build the construct of that revelation in the people that they are the apostle over. He said, I received from the Lord, delivered it unto you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed. Somebody say betrayed. Somebody say betrayed. Jesus cannot get to his glorification without betrayal. So as I have been preaching here and I've said it over and over and over again, that if you are going to step into your next level, somebody say my next place, it might take betrayal to get you there. Because there are processes that have to be in raw in you that watch this, you will not be willing to do to yourself. So God has to permit something or someone to thrust you into a place where you can be crucified. Because you're not willingly going to get on the cross. You've got to be put on the cross. So you need to be, somebody say, betrayed. We have to get comfortable with betrayal. Leaders, church leaders, business people, you got to get comfortable. Because every time you take on an initiative to do a thing, there's always going to be somebody riding your coattails that does not have the fullness of your heart or your vision. They're going to sleep with you. They're going to eat with you. They're going to walk with you. They're going to drive with you. They're going to get in your car and you're not going to be able to see who they really are until you come to the place of glorification. When you get into the season where your name is about to be announced, then your betrayer is going to reveal who they really are. And most of the problem with the betrayer is that somewhere secretly in their heart, they want to be you. Lucifer's problem was that he didn't like the Most High getting all the worship. Because he was a merchandiser. He had economy. He had wealth too. He said, y'all didn't see me when I walked in? Oh, y'all don't like it. Y'all moved out the way when God's car showed up, but ain't nobody standing there to park my car when my car showed up. So it created something in his heart. The Bible says that he was perfect, watch this, in all of his ways until iniquity was found in him. Who found the iniquity in Lucifer? He found it in himself first because he had an idea that was opposite or antithetical to God's vision. Listen to me. We don't need yes people because yes people can't think. And you cannot do spiritual warfare against a low IQ. I'm tired of trying to war over a low IQ. I have now reasoned that people just don't have intellectual capacity. And it's okay. I'm not letting my blood pressure go up. Because you can't think. Huh? 
So we don't need yes people. We don't need people that can't think. There's a difference between not being a yes person and then having a Luciferian complex. Because the Luciferian complex has this idea that they can be you and be you and do it better than you're doing it without any regard for the price that you have paid to get to where you are. If you think that you can pastor a whole bunch of people, beloved, listen to me. Don't allow me to be your hang up or your hold up. Please go get you a church. As a matter of fact, you can thank you. That sounds perfect. You can join our network. I'll cover it and watch you. If you think you can get a whole bunch of people, watch this. Let me get real specific. In Connecticut, with their high-minded selves, with their strong-willed selves, with their intellectual so-they-think selves, and bring them to a place to fulfill a vision, go ahead, baby. You can have it. I'll help you. I'll pay your first month's rent. Maybe the second and the third because you're going to need help. It's not as easy as you might believe those of you that are under the Luciferian complex because some of y'all in here. You got an idea in your heart that says, I want my seat to be elevated and lifted high. How are you going to get the seat? See, because the betrayer never wants to pay the price to actually get the anointing. The betrayer wants to sabotage the anointed and think they can inherit the anointing. But you don't get the anointing that way because if you read the book, Judas wound up with the money. He got the economy, but he wound up in a field that he bought with his entrails burst out all over the floor and his headship was removed. Why? Because if you get it illegally, you can't put legal power in it. So you got to watch the spirit of the betrayer, but it's still necessary. Just know who it is. Jesus said, I'm going to dip this bread in this bowl because I've already recognized the one whose heart is not conducive to the vision. Y'all can't get mad and call it church hurt when the pastor calls you out on your stuff. Because we can look at your eyes and tell if you're really for us or not. You don't even have to be a prophet. Y'all don't like it. I got. I know it's quiet today, but it's all right. This is still Holy Week and it's still Palm Sunday. huh? But we can look at you and tell. We can look in your face and tell if you're guilty. We can look in your face. I walked in here this morning. Three people said the same thing to me. We can tell if you're playing the, a straddle in the fence and you on the other side. We can tell. But we're mature enough to love you anyway because Jesus gave Judas something to eat. I'm going to serve you communion today. Jesus gave Judas a little piece of bread, a little wine. You're a little thirsty. Because you're going to do what you're going to do anyway. And I can't stop it. But just know that while you're on your way to sell me out, while you're texting and while you're on the phone and while you're sharing links and talking about lives and posts, just know that there is a resurrection that's on its way. And everything that God has placed on me is about to expand and increase. The vision's about to come to pass. The purpose for the cross is about to be revealed. The greater measure of the anointing is about to fall. I need three people to open your mouth and recognize that you're about to reap a great inheritance that you're about to come into another place why because judas opened the door for you to walk through i need you to praise him like you're ready for a fresh anointing let me get through communion text take your seats same night in which he was betrayed he took bread and when he had given things, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this is the cup. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread 
and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever, listen to this, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Y'all listen to this, listen to this sentence. Will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Come here, adjutants. Somebody. Y'all, this is illegal. Bishop Mose just took a, a turn in the gray. You can't do this. You had to wear it from home and you had to wear it back home. That's how he taught us. But I can't talk with that thing on my, on my, I can't do it. Do I sound a little bit more like something? Okay, I can't, I can't, I can't. He said, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who drinks, eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. Somebody say guilty. Somebody say guilty. If you entreat the table of the Lord without discerning the body of Christ, you are guilty guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord there's a scripture that talks about how much we would be counted worthy of punishment if we had no regard for the blood of Jesus I'm paraphrasing and trampled the blood of Jesus underfoot if you have no regard for the blood that saved you that washed you that cleansed you or watch this if somebody doesn't have regard for the blood that saved you and washed you and cleansed you they don't recognize the insult that they are making to the spirit of grace and to the salvation that we are partakers of. It is illegal for somebody to come to you and throw in your face something that you have done in the past after you have repented and turned your life around and you have been delivered and you have been cleansed and you have made retrib. It is illegal because they are not discerning the Lord's body, watch this, and become guilty of his body and blood. Can you imagine somebody being alive in 2023 that when they cross over into eternity, there are charges levied against them for crucifying Jesus they'll stand in the presence of the most high God and he'll say because you did not discern my body watch this I'm going somewhere with it you are counted worthy of the punishment of those who crucified my son Watch it. Let me give you this. First John. Still communion. It's still Holy Week. It's still Palm Sunday. First John 2, 18. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Somebody say Antichrist. What does it mean to be Antichrist? It means to be Antichristos. What is it? What is the Christos in the Greek? The Christos is the anointed one and his anointing. But guess what? Who is the anointed one? Say it loud. Who is the anointed one? Some of y'all don't know, but just listen to what your neighbor said. And if they said the right thing, just say it with them. You can say it a few seconds after. It's okay. We won't notice. Who is the anointed one? And who are you? We are the body of. We are the body of. So it means the antichristos is a system, a spirit, an idea, a philosophy, or a person that comes against what? The anointed one and his anointing, but who are we? We are the body of... So if they come against his body, they're coming against... I'm, I'm making this as plain as I can. I think I'm saying it in English. Tongues might slip out but we got interpreters. Who has the gift of interpretation of tongues? Let me just raise your hand. I think Shanice has it. Prophetess Belinda has it. Amphoski, are you raising your hand? Oh. Who else has it? Y'all scared. Just in case tongues slip out and I stop talking in English because I won't make it plain. 
We are the body of Christ. The only assignment that would come against the anointed of the Lord is an antichrist spirit. It is antichristos. It is anti the anointed one and his anointing, which encompasses his body. So the attacks that we receive that seek to undermine the position of your anointing are all connected to this system. But when we deal with the Antichrist, somebody say Antichrist, we're not just talking about the person at the end of the age that they think is going to rule the world. It ain't Trump and God knows it ain't Biden. But the Antichrist is a spiritual force. Somebody say it's spirit. So when you wind, when you wind up in warfare where people are coming against you simply because you're anointed, sometimes your anointing instigates a war with the spirit of Antichrist because the assignment is to get you out of perspective as it relates to your anointing. You can't get any more Antichrist than Satan tempting Jesus in the wilderness. He said, <laughs> if you be the son of God, you mean with the knowledge that he actually created you? You interject a question where you know this is the word who called you into being. If you be the son of God, command these stones to become bread because I know you're hungry. If you be the son of God, just fall down and worship me. I'm going to show you all the kingdoms of the world because Adam, through treason, lost his seat of authority as the vice regent of creation. So now these kingdoms are in my hand. Just fall down and worship me, son of God, and I'll give it all to you. He was lying anyway, but it already belonged to the Lord Jesus. What was the attack? It was on his anointing. He said, if you be, are you the Christos? Are you the one who was to come? Because if you really are, then you're going to do this. Watch this. Never acquiesce to the demands of an antichrist spirit. Because the Antichrist spirit wants to pull your anointing out of the place where God has designated it and bring it to a place where it is controlling it. Don't ever bow to the demands or the pleas of an Antichrist spirit. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. Don't ever bow because the moment you bow, then you give them the upper hand over your anointing. You better recognize your seat of authority. And I don't care if they call you prideful. I don't care if they call you narcissistic. I don't care if they call you all of the therapeutic terms that they don't even understand themselves. It does not matter. Do not allow them to diminish your seat of authority because where God has put you is connected to your discernment of the body of Christ. The moment you stop recognizing who you are and where you sit you become subjected to this system where you can become sick and weak and you might fall asleep why because you did not discern the lord's body that scripture is not talking about come on follow me it's not talking about a piece of cracker and a little bit of grape juice that's not even enough to wet your throat it's talking about the position in the body it's talking about the anointing upon the body it's talking about your seat of authority. First Corinthians says that he has put these in the church. We know the church is the body of Christ. He put these first apostles, secondarily prophets. Y'all not here. Thirdly teachers, then helps, then administrations, then government. It means your seat and your space of authority is a part of his dominion. So when people don't recognize that place, they are subjected to judgment. Because they came to the table of the Lord and thought they could receive him, but they had dishonored already his body. They thought it was about the cracker, but it was about your discernment. Did you step over Jesus Christ, the apostle, on your way to the table? Did you try to kill Jesus Christ, the prophet, 
on your way to the table? Did you try to destroy Jesus Christ, the helps or the administration on your way to the table? Because if you did, you didn't really discern the body because you can't say you love God that you can't see, but you hate the brother that you can't see. You can't step over me because I'm carrying the Christos and think that the cracker is going to save you. No, beloved, when you get there, you're going to be guilty of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. He's going to call you a criminal and a murderer. Why? Because you killed the body, not because you didn't regard the cracker. You cannot launch an assault against the anointed touch, not my anointed, and do my prophet no harm. So let me introduce myself. Let me reintroduce myself. I am Apostle Randall C. Furlow, the presiding bishop of the Ecclesia Global Collaborative and Ecclesia Global Churches Worldwide. I am the chief apostle that has been seated in a position of authority in the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ. And I rule with his scepter of righteousness. Don't make no mistakes about it. I rebuke the spirit of rebellion and witchcraft. When you don't discern the Lord's body, you become guilty of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Watch your mouth in this season. Watch your whispering and your muttering in this season because the sovereign is in position and the body of Christ is in motion. Touch not, touch not, touch not. Handle not, handle not. Don't mishandle his anointed in this. Says the Antichrist is coming. Take your seats. I'm done. But even now, many, watch this, many Antichrists have already come. Oh, they're on your job. They might be in your house. Come on, y'all. I can't, I can't lie to you. I can't lie. You got a spouse that hates your anointing. And they're trying to kill you because of your anointing. You better go back to the drawing board. Did God tell you to really marry? You better make that calling an election sure. And if he did, you better make sure they're fulfilling their end of the bargain. Because as soon as they go in another direction, you better ask God what you're supposed to do. There are many antichrists. They might be in the bed with you. They might be your supervisor. They might be your coworker. They may be the person trying to court you. You better watch them people, watch this, that show up in crazy seasons after you've been radically obeying God. Now all of a sudden, here he or she comes. You better watch it. You better make sure because it can be an assignment against your... You fought too long and hard to get to where you are to open the door to Antichrist because it only has one assignment and it's murder. A spirit assigned to kill the anointed. We talk about Jezebel, the Sidonian priest who served another God. That's Jezebel's problem. That's her problem. She uses a whole bunch of things to get it, but the problem is she serves another deity. But guess what? Jezebel's not the biggest threat because Jezebel has some children. And one of them daughters was Athaliah. And that spirit of Athaliah is only concerned about coming after the royal seed. See, Jezebel is, you know, she's trying to get you to change your worship. You got to watch that spirit. But Athaliah has an assignment to destroy the royal seed. What did, what did the previous generation produce that God wants to use? That's where Athaliah's assignment is. Y'all don't think we're in war? Y'all don't think the war is real? 
Y'all don't think people are buying into Luciferian concepts? You don't think that people have heard the serpent whispering in their ear and what the serpent said sounded like it was better than God's plan and agenda and they thought that the serpent was going to get them somewhere that, and they were dumb, they were stupid because they didn't recognize that they were already there. How the devil going to give you something that God has already promised you? The devil is a lie. He's a deceiver, you idiot. Don't you recognize that when he talks, the Bible says that he speaks out of his own resources because he was the liar from the beginning how you gonna be the original liar and ever tell the truth you're listening to something that created the whole system of lie so you trust in the founder of lying to tell you the truth I ain't never been called a false prophet before until now false prophet misleading the community on social media and you agree I've been a lot of things I've been a lot of places been with a lot of people but I ain't never been no false prophet huh I walked into the bar drunk and went to the table and prophesied to everybody sitting at the table. I said, I don't know y'all. I don't even know why I'm doing this, but here's the word of the Lord. See, because that was God showing me, you go ahead, idiot, go out there and think you backsliding and you're going to be like the world. Let me show you your, let me show you where you fit in the body. So you might be intoxicated and you might be having a season, but let me show you my sovereignty. I'm in control of the season. So while you think you slipping and dipping and living like the world, I'm going to let this anointing drop on you right at the bar. I spent an hour and a half. I walked through the whole table. I said, this is what happened to you at this age and this is what God is going to do. I said, I don't know how the two of you are connected, but I see a great future. Oh my God, that's my girlfriend. I said, I know she is. And this is what's going to happen. God's going to give you three children, blah, 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 blah. And I walked through the whole table I went to the mall this was literally at the end of last year the man walked up to me he said I don't know if you remember me or not but I was sitting at the table the day that you prophesied I want you to know here's my wife we are now married and here are the children you can't tell me that God is not sovereign you better watch your mouth when you're talking about God's anointed touch not my anointed because he's here as a defender he's here as a vindicator he's here with his strong on and it's outstretched he's executing judgment you better watch your mouth in this season cause he's coming 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 take your seat sometime pass my time says even now Many antichrists have come. Whoever's in charge of communion in this service, please get the table of the Lord. Even now, many antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. Pay attention. Keep watching. Watch this. They went out from us, but they were not of us. I had to meditate on this because we don't know how long they were actually with us even though they're not of us. People will sit in the seat that the church paid for and hate the church. People will come in and at the Waterbury campus feel your air-conditioned air. Because Hamden ain't got no AC. And put $5 in the offering. Did I say five? Cinco, like Cinco de Mayo. In the offering. People will come to meetings 
to get intel to fuel their discussion about the church. How long, O oh Lord, will you subject us to those that are not of us but still with us? How long? The scripture says, I'm in the Bible now. I've only, see, can, can y'all tell the difference? I'm only preaching Bible. I don't even have notes. I have no commentary that I've prepared. He said, bring your big black Bible. Now, I hear God, he talks to me like that because I'm unapologetically Christian. I'm not following the Quran. I'm not Muslim. I'm not Buddhist. Huh? I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm not arguing over his deity. He is the incarnation of the invisible God. He's not just a prophet, not just a good man. And as far as I recognize in this book, this book was sealed 700 years before somebody else came on the earth with a revelation. Well, let me just read that while I'm here for those of you that are watching on the live. they mad in this season y'all trust me well let's see what the conclusion of the book said Revelation 22 and 18 for I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book if anyone adds to these things am I, am I in the Bible am I in the last chapter of the last book of the Bible if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book, talking about the book of Revelation. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall listen to this, take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things that are written in this book. Beloved, you can't fight fair with people that are doomed to hell. God promised Abraham's bastard child Ishmael a great nation, but he didn't promise him redemption. Ah! I thought you would like that when I heard that in my ear this morning. He promised Abraham that his son Ishmael, that he had illegally with the concubine, with the servant, Agar, that he would make of him a great nation, and he did, but he never said that they would be saved. He's not known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, or Ishmael. He's known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because Jacob was the promise. Isaac was the promise. Y'all listening? If you add or take away from the words of this book, that means that God's testimony in the earth was sealed. You can't come 700 years later after being in a cave in a convulsion seeing a deity telling you that he's giving you the final revelation baby the final revelation was already finalized it's a spirit let me finish the scripture I'm done I promise first John are you learning any, anything false prophet go to hell First John. Well, hell is a place. It's a proper noun. It's a person, place, or a thing. It's like saying, go to the store. Y'all the one who thought it was cussing. I didn't cuss. Hell is a proper noun. I learned that in English. Because if you don't believe, listen to me, listen, listen, I'm warring today. If you don't believe this gospel, Taylor, Smith, if you don't believe that Jesus Christ is the propitiation for our sin, if you don't believe that he is God's sacrifice and that his blood is what atoned for us so that we can be reconciled to God, I don't care how many times you pray facing the sun or the east, you are not going to find redemption for your soul. There's only one way to the Father and it's through Jesus Christ. I'm unapologetically Christian. 
I believe this Bible. I believe in the faith that was at once entrusted to the saints. I believe that we are called to be guardians of this truth, protectors of this truth. You can't tell me that we can't be protectors of this truth when you can believe what you believe enough to crash a plane into a building. Christians, stop being punks about what you believe. You're so afraid to get in an argument because you don't know nothing. Get in this book and find out what your faith is all about because they teach their children their faith from birth. They know assalamu alaikum wa alaikum salam. The Buddhists know how to chant nam yaho rengekio. The witches know how to pour. Come on. It's all coming out. We're the only ones that got our children watching TikTok. Put the word in them. Teach them about God. Get under the anointing and bring them in the living room and say, lift up holy hands and feel the power. You don't got to do it every day, all the day, but do it someday. Lift your hands up. His presence has come in the room. We don't have to wait till we get to church to have an experience with you. are the body of Christ. Discern the Lord's body. You are the body. I got to get... They went out from us. They went out from us. They went out from us. But they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, I'm in the Bible, that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. That's not everybody who leaves the church, but it's somebody. It's not everybody who goes to the church across the street, but it's somebody. The scripture says that these people, let me just keep reading, but you have an anointing, those that remain from the Holy One, and you know all things. Someone say, I know all things through the anointing. I have not written to you, that's, the anointing is the Christos, FYI. The Christ and the anointing. When you see the word Christ or anointing in, in the scripture, it's talking about the entire system of his headship, his body, and his government. It's not talking about the chill you feel in your back. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runs over. Psalms 133 and 1, behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like what? The oil that is upon Aaron the priest that starts at his head and goes to his beard and down to his skirts. There is a progression for how anointing flows. It flows upon the body. When you see the anointing, listen to me. It's not the thing that you think that's on you that you gotta do that doesn't fit in the system. That's why you gotta get in the system. You gotta get under it. You wanna be anointed, get under the anointing. You want to be anointed, get under the anointed because you got to catch the flow. Y'all trying to be anointed outside of the flow. That's why you only on live with two people watching. Up there preaching, praying and prophesying and ain't nobody listening. Because you refuse to get under the anointing. Get under the flow and let that anointing build and let the body of Christ be anointing and let that anointing become aggrandized and let that anointing saturate every part of your being. And then when you walk, you walk as the body. Even when the body's not with you, you walk with his headship and his governance. Get under the anointing. But they went out from us so that it might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have this anointing and I've written to you because I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and you know that no lie is of the truth. Somebody say, I know the truth. Someone say, I know the truth because the enemy's greatest economy is always a lie. Are y'all listening? His version of the truth will never stand up in the courts of heaven. His economy is deception. How many people can I deceive is the enemy's target. How many people can I get under the sway of my delusion? That's how Satan operates. You got people defending a lie because they're caught up in an atmosphere. He says, who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? What does that word mean? Christos means what? 
the anointed one and his anointing. It's talking about his entire body and the progression of anointing on the body. If you deny the headship of Christ, his body, his anointed, his delegated authorities, guess what? You're nothing but a liar. I'm apostle furlough. I'm presiding bishop furlough. I'm prophet furlough. I'm pastor furlough. Oh, it's not about a title. Who cares about a title? Married is a, is a title. But that's talking about an office. That's more than a title when you actually have a function. You're not here because I'm untitled. Because if I weren't an apostle, you wouldn't be able to be here. Because half of y'all will be dead. If I wasn't an apostle, and if we didn't have prophets, half of y'all wouldn't be here. I probably wouldn't be here. Y'all don't like it, but it's the truth. I don't care what you think about it. I don't care. I know it. I know it. I know it. I know it. I know how the world of the spirit works. I know how the world of the spirit works. I was sitting in my bed the other night, today's Sunday. This must have been Friday night, yes. Sitting in the bed, I happened to look out in my hallway between my room, Alvin's room, and Aiden's room, and I saw the spirit of death walking through. And I understand as an apostle, see, this don't mean nothing to y'all. And people that are not in this, it, it means absolutely nothing, and I really don't care at this point. But when I saw the spirit, I knew that it was not in my physical house, but that it was in my spiritual house, which encompasses my realm of jurisdiction. So in the book of Revelation, the apostle John's sphere of apostolic rule and jurisdiction was the seven churches in Asia Minor. How do we know that? Because when Jesus spoke to him, he spoke to him about every single church, its condition and its judgment. He didn't talk to him about the churches on the other side of Asia or on the side of Europe. He didn't talk about the churches in Rome to John, but he talked to him about the churches that were under his apostolic rule and he commanded him to release the word of the Lord to the angels of the churches. That could either be the spiritual angels or the natural messengers who were preachers there. But it was the Lord Jesus as the sovereign with the sword out of his mouth talking to who? The apostle. If an apostle doesn't have understanding of the supernatural of God's kingdom of that realm, then they are not an apostle. I don't care how much fuchsia and magenta you put on them. I don't care how big the crozier is. I don't care how long the processional is at the affirmation. If they don't have this system backing them up, they're not. Period. So I know how it works. I saw the spirit and I said to myself, Lord, why is this spirit in my sphere and where is it at? I laid in the bed around three o'clock a little after three closer to four I'm wide awake and I hear a loud thunder a loud boom and I saw a flash of light that we would think was a flash of lightning now that I think about it I actually think I was seeing an angelic force that was sent into the planet very quickly I heard the thunder, saw the light. I said to myself, I said, when I wake up, it's already three, almost four o'clock in the morning. I said, when I wake up, I'm going to hear that someone very close to me is dead. I get up. Now, let me tell you, this is a little funny. Keep playing. I promise I'm done. Am I doing all right? Your fingers okay? I'm anointing with oil so your cup will run over. <clears throat> I wake up every morning to a text from my mom. Every morning. It explains the weather. It speaks blessings over me and my family. She tells me she loves me. She sends me hearts and any pertinent thing that I need to know for the day. Wake up, no text from my mom. It's 11 something. I text her, no response. I wait an hour, no response. FaceTime her, no answer. I probably do it like three times, three different FaceTimes, no answer. So wait another hour. It's two o'clock, three o'clock at this time text her again, call her again, no response. I said, okay. Heard the boom, saw the flash, saw the spirit in my sphere. I said, oh, all right, Lord, you done went and took my mama. Because, no, 
because that's how uncharacteristic it is for her not to respond or answer. That crazy, but that's how it is. Like, oh, she didn't answer the phone. She must be in heaven. That's my mom. Nobody else in my family had heard from her. So I call the cops, send them to her apartment, do a wellness check. I call the managing agent because I'm not going there to find that out. Call the managing agent, get the door unlocked. So finally, Autumn says, I'll go. Give me her key. Me and Alvin will go. I said, y'all go. I ain't going because I'm convinced she's with the Lord. Autumn FaceTimes me after she's been gone for like 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, okay. I answer the phone. What's up? My mama in there cooking spaghetti. <laughs> With her rollers in her hair, her headscarf on, and her pajama shirt on. Cooking spaghetti. I said, mother, did you not get my attempts to call you she said I was watching the live from the Friday night service it was so good answer the phone <laughs> then I received the news that Pastor Stephen Allen in Brooklyn had passed away he was a pastor that was on his way under our covering in Ecclesia Global he had sat on one of our meetings. I talked to him at length for hours. He was just about ready to bring his church under our covering. He's younger than me. He's in his 30s. He works overnight. Watch this. He gets home around 2 or 3 a.m. His wife works overnight, the whole overnight. And so when he didn't pick her up in the morning at like 6 a.m., she's trying to figure out what's going on. She gets home and finds him passed away in their bedroom on the floor. So somewhere between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., that man, that pastor, that man of God graduated into heaven. I heard the boom around 4 o'clock, a little bit before. I saw the flash. I saw the spirit of death in my sphere. Listen to me. You better discern the body of Christ. It's not a cracker. You better discern the grace that he has put on your neighbor because you need it. You better discern their position and the authority that backs them up. All you see is a collar or all you see, Yvonne, wave your, wave your way. All you see is a white thing, but you have no idea what's backing up the collar or the white shirt. In this hour, don't look at us because we got these. Well, I took mine off, but y'all know what I mean. These collars and look over Yanni because she's a part of the body. You got to discern the whole body. For this reason, many among you, he's talking to the church at Corinth. He said, many among you are weak, sick, and some have fallen asleep. You can cost yourself your destiny when you don't discern the body. I will hold you guilty of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. So Father, we examine ourselves right now. Maybe we overlook somebody that's really valuable to the body. Maybe we stepped over or maligned or assaulted somebody that's in the body of Christ and it has caused us to suffer. It's caused us to be weak. Perhaps it cost somebody their life, but Father, we repent. Come on, examine. That's what the scripture says. Let a man examine himself. We repent. We, we didn't... We did it in ignorance. We didn't understand that the body was bigger than the cracker. We didn't know you were talking about the neighbor that we don't like, that we have an issue with. We didn't know you were talking about the pastor that we're offended with, that you told us to leave our gift at the altar and get it straight. Father, forgive us.
for not discerning the body. Forgive us for our faults. Come on, pray this. It's communion Sunday. Forgive us for our sins. Lord Jesus, we accept you into our heart. Wash us in your blood because your blood is the only agent in creation that can remove our sin. Be our Lord. Be our Savior. We are unapologetically believers in Jesus Christ. Now just receive. Just receive. You're a part of the body. You're a part of the body. You're a part of the body. You're an integral part of the body of Christ. He's put his anointing on you. Father, I thank you that there's an order that's setting in this house right now. I feel that spirit of order. There is a divine administration of the Holy Spirit coming upon us. Come on, open your mouths. Open your mouths. There's a divine settling. Chase, right? Chase. There's a divine settling coming. Come on. There's order. There's order. Come on, elders. Come on the stage. There's order. There's order. You can stay, Elder Debbie. You're okay. You're okay. Hallelujah. Let me just say this. I'm, I'm way over time today. You keep playing. Deacons just stay close to the front. Like Katanga stand here. Keith here. You're not a deacon yet. Just face them. Clarence stand here. There's order. We have ministers. Just wave. I know the ministers are here. Anthony, just wave. Y'all got your colors out. Y'all want to stand somewhere too? Come stand over here. I know you want people to see. Come on. You're an elder designate. You can come stand with the elders. Cherie, come on. Elders designate can stand with the elders. Oh, such an anointing. Y'all can't feel the anointing on order. Can you feel? There's an anointing. You don't have to make it up. If you don't have it, it's all right. But I'm telling you, it's here. Elders designate. Katanga, come stand with your wife. You're being elevated. I was in a meeting with pastors this week in the city of New Haven. Pastor Jefferson, I got to connect you to that, to that thing. They, they need your voice. They need your presence in there. I had a visitation in the middle of it. It's an organization. You guys know I'm connected to Faith Acts, which is a nonprofit organization, nonpartisan, that uh, basically lobbies for educational equality in the state of Connecticut. But it is an organization of faith. So it was founded by a pastor and it is clergy connected. There's other people there, but it's clergy connected. I sat in that room. Apostle Valerie Washington was one of the ones that really opened it up. And she began to speak some things about the direction of where we need to be going. And when she started talking, it just kind of, it just instigated something in my spirit. And so I don't usually talk in those meetings. Most of those people think I'm a very quiet person. It's very interesting. Even in my political meetings, we had a rally one time downtown. I took the mic. I was standing on the truck screaming. They said, we didn't know you had that in you. I said, baby, I scream every Sunday. They, they really didn't know. For years, they think I'm just quiet person. I actually am. So she spoke, and then I was the very last person. It took some time for me to want to speak. But when I began to speak, I started to talk to them about the apostolic mandate that is upon that organization. I said, when we deal with the church, because I said, all of you are clergy people. I said, we're only dealing with one of the seven mountains, only one of the spheres of society. 
I said, but when we begin to put on a mindset that pertains to the kingdom, then we recognize that we have to have dominion in every single sphere. I said, we have been caught in the church sector in the corner dancing and shouting, and there's nothing wrong with praise. I said, but we have not adopted a kingdom mentality to infiltrate the sphere. So I begin to speak about how God had positioned Faith Acts in a place to infiltrate the sphere of education, but that God was putting an apostolic anointing on it. Now, y'all know I'm talking and something like you speaking in tongues right now something came in the room it sat on us and I'm sitting there like oh God what did I just do why did I just do that then I could see and I sat in that meeting someone else did jump up after me he said I feel the spirit he said man I don't know what you did I feel the spirit I'm like I just did what I do but then I began to see ask me what I saw I began to see different angelic beings in that room not a lot of them but just certain people had them standing either next to them or in front of them or behind them and then my understanding was opened to recognize the potency that people that are in clergy men and women of God the potency of your presence in the earth that you literally, guys, I wish, I hope you can get it the way that I saw it, that you are literally God's force in the earth, on the front line. Now, we have a whole body. We're all a part of it. But the clergy, the leaders, especially senior leaders, are on the front line of this war. And God literally makes you a force between everything the enemy's trying to do and his people. I gained a love and respect for every one of them, even the ones that didn't like me. Because I recognized that nobody would be born again if it wasn't for them. Nobody would have a place to come and learn God's truth if it wasn't for them. So whether I like them or like their ministry or not, it was inconsequential now because they have people that follow them and those people's lives, whether they never come to our church, those people's lives are being impacted because God has raised up mantles to secure their destiny. I saw it in a way that I've never seen it. Even the churches we think are just making noise. God has anointed those leaders for those people. And they shepherd them connected to his headship and his sovereignty. It's an entire progression of anointing. It starts in heaven in his head and it comes into the earth through ministry gifts. Do not ever let anybody undermine your seat it's not just a collar it's not just a black dress or a black suit it's God's dominion in the earth it's his dominion in the earth you are a force God is bringing another order on Ecclesia Global that just lift your hands for a second y'all I'm out there today father please bless these elements turn them from a natural symbol to a spiritual reality bless the palms They're symbolic symbolic of your triumphant entry oh father You hear a word? Do you hear a word, Michael? Do you hear a word? You okay? You'll hear it now that I said that for sure. Just let the new order fall on you. Where's my son? Make sure you get pictures of this, Papa. This is a house of order. It's a house of government. It's a house of function. Father, anoint these elders designate.
Inez, you need to come stand with the ministers. You're going to be, you are already, as we're building it, the director of our care and outreach ministry. That's going to be a licensed minister position to start. Yvonne, I heard this this morning when I came to my seat. It's time for you to be licensed as a minister too. Come, stand with the ministers. I saw the Lord putting an order on you just because you acquiesced and began to yield to his process in you. It's been a fiery three years, I already know. But now it's time for elevation and promotion. Come down. Anthony, come stand with them just for a minute, just for the sake of order. Am I missing any ministers, any elders, or any deacons? I'm not, right? Yes, Minister Will. Yeah, get in the line. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want just make the line so that I can see with one line. Yep. Y'all squinch down a little bit this way. You're good, prophet. Deacons, you can begin. Y'all stay right here in this atmosphere. You can begin. Thank you. Deacon time. 